The greatest wealth is health. The best doctor gives the least medicines. Health is a state of complete harmony of the body, mind, and spirit. When one is free from physical disabilities and mental distractions, the gates of the soul open. Hello and welcome to episode 416 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode. I have a bunch of mixed up stuff to go over here today. See what we can find. Some foods you should buy and some you should avoid that have certain shelf lives. If you want foods that are have longer shelf lives and you can actually do something with over the years and stock up and take advantage of making dishes and sit there and do your canning and all that stuff and prepare for the end of the world or just to feed your family for a few years without having to stress out over some items. It's nice to have a variety of items you can buy, buy to pick up for your meals and a bunch of stuff you can have at home already canned, ready to go. So you don't have to worry about picking those items up. Uh, If you're planning on stocking up on foods that have a longer shelf life and greater nutritional value, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, most of the things you can and stuff are pretty much healthier for you. Vegetables with a thick peel or a rind had the longest shelf life. And yeah, duh. That's pretty much common sense. Kind of figured at. Uh, many prepackaged foods have high sugar content. Added sugars should make up less than 10% of your total diet daily calories. But yeah, you want to stay away from those center aisles with all that canned and boxed food. Even though we're talking about canning, it's a whole different style canning. It's at home canning, which you can control better and make it more nutritious by not adding all the sugars and stuff that some of these other companies do. But let's look at some healthier choices of foods that have longer shelf lives. That you may want to try uh, dates, all prunes, dates. Uh, prunes have a shelf life of a year, but they're great for increasing your produce intake even when you can't get to the store. It's a no sugar added dried fruit that not only provides a good source of fiber to promote digestive health, but prunes are also incredibly versatile. You can enjoy them alone as a sweet treat, add into a homemade trail mix or puree, and use as a substitute for added sugar in any baked good. Uh, God, it's been a while. I wish I could remember the exact recipe, but yeah, if you take prunes... And throw them in a food processor processor with certain nuts. I want to say it was like cashew or walnut. But you can make a caramel. It's like a fake caramel. That's way healthier. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I got my throat's all closing up. 
now that I started podcasting, of course. So I'm going to take a swig here. See if that will help for a little bit. At least the stuff that got in my mouth, half of it's on my chest. Uh, they say eat. They say eating five to six prunes a day can prevent bone loss. Uh, but yeah, it's. I really wish I could remember the recipe. I, I want to say it was just prunes and cashews. It made a fake caramel. Because I like nighttime caramels and stuff. This worked out really good as a substitute. And it was way healthier. And I just tossed them in the food processor, whipped them up. I don't think I had anything else I really added to them. I think it was just two items. And I want to say it was definitely cashews, not walnuts. But you could do it with any type of nut. But, yeah. For a little treat once in a while, it's something. Something sweet tasting that's healthier. Let's see, canned and frozen fruits and veggies are also go-to shelf staple options. And I, I buy all my cooking and baking stuff unless I'm making something fresh. I'll just buy the frozen fruits and veggies, but the frozen fruit just works out so awesome. And you get some beautiful fruit that's flash frozen right away to save its health benefits and it's not sitting on a shelf just basically decaying into a sugar a bad sugar Uh, let's see canned and frozen fruits and veggies we got on there Uh, what are pulses pulses including lentils chickpeas beans and dry peas have an average of 8 grams of protein per half cup serving, which is more than double the protein of quinoa. Uh, this makes them one of the best sources of plant-based protein. You can go to pulses.org for a variety of recipe ideas and information on how to best prepare those types of items. They say both canned and dried options have a shelf life of one year. It can be added into a variety of recipes such as salads, soups, and even baked goods. And I would think beans and stuff would last even longer than a year. But I don't know. I am not a food specialist. I just read the shit that people talk about and see if it's helpful for me. And maybe it's helpful for someone else out there. Uh, They keep saying when looking for vegetables that have a long shelf life, make sure they're the ones that have thick peels or rinds. It's like, well, yeah. Also the ones that don't taste as good, like winter squash. It can last at least a couple of months on your counter. And that's butternut squash, spaghetti squash, acorn squash, all those different ones. Uh, cabbage can last for at least a month in your refrigerator. But the only thing it's really good with is corned beef. 
Uh, Riced spiralized vegetable pasta. It can be tempting to stock up on boxes of white rice and refined, refined flour pasta, but eating too many of these foods can lead to unhealthy spikes in blood sugar levels. Instead, head over to the frozen food section to stock up on rice vegetables, such as rice cauliflower, along with pre-cut spiralized vegetables. Not only do these options save time with food prep, but they have a much longer shelf life than their fresh alternatives. Green Giant's got a huge variety of options. There's other lots of other companies out there with vegetables that are done up in a different form, trying to fake you out. They got the rice, well, not rice, the cauliflower broccoli tater tots now. They got all the spiraled noodles, the different types you can get. Even the regular pasta, they have a ton of them now that are good whole wheats or vegetable-based pastas or chickpea-based or whatever, and each time I find one, I try it, I am very surprised how well it turned out, so give them a shot, don't be afraid, there's some good ones out there. Uh, Oats are great for you, and like I said, I've mentioned my oat recipe many a times, but whole grain oats can last a year or two in your cabinet, and longer if the container isn't open. That's why I'm like, really, you're telling me six months with the peas and the beans and all that stuff? I think those things can go longer if they're stored correctly. But I guess just going to prepper site, they'll tell you what, what can last. Uh, canned salmon and tuna. They will last a long time in the pantry. Uh, I always stock up on tuna when it's on sale, and I'm sure I have some in my pantry that's probably a year old or so, but they still work out just fine. Coconut milk, which you can use, it'll last you at least a year sitting in a pantry, Uh, can be used in anything from sweet to savory dishes. They like it for coconut curries and stuff, which I did not like when I finally tried, but was so looking forward to trying curries out because they look good. But they're just too many different spices. It's just, ugh. Uh, use it for a base for your oatmeal or even whipped cream. You can use it for a base for a lot of items. Just remember, it's a lighter version of what you're used to using, so you might have to compensate with some other stuff. But there's lots of wonderful recipes out there. There's Pyre Organic All-Purpose Stevia Blend, which, yuck. I'm one of the people that cannot stand the taste of stevia. Same with my wife, but they say use it. I'm going to say that you're going to find out in about 10 years that it causes other issues, but we'll see. But uh, 
instead of your regular nasty sugars and your little baking items you're going to make, try this instead of the regular sugar. Uh, it's an all-purpose sweetener that can be used in the same way as traditional sugar without the added calories or carbohydrates. And it's got a shelf life of two years. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't like a Twinkie and lasted forever. It is nasty. Uh, veggies made great. Double chocolate muffins. I've never tried those, but I'm going to now. Uh, this is this person's go-to item. The double chocolate muffin by Veggies Made Great. Sounds like they make these cupcakes with zucchini and carrots. So then some less healthy choices that you can that you may want also is your instant pancake mix. Toaster strudels, wow. I'm surprised to see those on there. They're packed full of refined carbohydrates and added sugar, leading to a quick burst of energy, followed by a crash. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, frozen pre-fried chicken. I prefer to bread my own with panko and do whatever. Get the chicken tenders. Those are, they have some nice stuff out there nowadays you can get your hands on. Frozen pizza is another bad thing for us. Creamy canned soups, ice cream. All the good stuff's bad for you, of course. I mean, it's, that's common sense. We don't need to know that. And we know that already, pretty much. And let's look at... Yeah, should have enough time to go through this. I just won't describe everything too much. But some moves you can do to make the most out of your at-home workout. Some basic, start out with some basic beginner routines. Like doing the bridge where you lie on your back with your knees bent, feet flat on the floor and your arms extended by your sides. Pushing through your feet, embracing your core. Raise your buttocks off the ground until your hips are fully extended. Squeezing your glutes at the top, slowly return to the starting position and repeat. You do a chair squat where you're standing in front of a chair and then you're just squatting down and tapping your buttocks on the seat of the chair and then coming back up with your arms out in front of you. You can do knee push-ups or you're on your hands and knees planked out. And then you're just doing your push-ups. But like I said, doing your push-ups on the stairs, way easier on your body. And you can do a regular good form push-up and then just build up to doing it on the ground eventually. You can do a stationary lunge where you just have one of your legs in front of you, one behind you, and you're just bending your knee down to the ground that's from your leg that's behind you with your hands on your hips. Just squatting, lunging downward 
and upward. You can do those to build up your leg strength. And your I would think that would work good on your abdominals and back. Uh, plank to downward dog. You're just basically doing a plank position on your hands and feet. Like you're doing a full extended push-up. And then bringing your head down between your arms and lifting your buttocks way up in the air. Bringing your heels to the ground and then coming back. Uh, they have a straight leg donkey kick where you're on your hands and knees on the floor. Straight back and you're just lifting one leg off the ground and kicking it straight out back and back behind you. And then bringing it back down with your knee back to the ground and your toe back on the ground. And then you can work your other leg but do do so many per side and work back and forth. You got the bird dog where you're on your hands and knees and then you take, let's say, your left arm and your right leg and bring them out from your body and then bring them back down to the ground. And then you can work opposite sides as well. You want to keep everything even. You can do a forearm plank where you're just planked out with your hands and forearm hands to your hand from your hand fingertip to your elbow flat on the ground and then you're planked out with your feet nice straight plank position and then you bring your knees down to touch the ground and then back out and just keep everything touching the ground the whole time while you're making this movement but you're basically just bending your knees to the ground buttocks will come up a little further and then it'll come back straight as you go back to plank position. There's a sideline hip abduction, which you just basically lay on your side, your supporting side arm, just have it bent with your hand on the side of your head, your elbow on the floor. And then your other one hanging off your side with your hand touching just the floor just to support you. And then lift your upper leg keep it straight and lifted up and down about 45 degree angle or so and then back down and then work the other side there's the bicycle crunch where you lay on your back and then you bring your knees up in the air and your hands on the back of your head and then you just touch your elbow to your opposite knee and just work them back and forth like you're just kind of running while on your back or bicycling while on your back. It's a good workout for the abdominals and the upper shoulder areas and stuff like that. Then when you want to step up to the intermediate routine, you get single leg bridge that you can do. Or anytime you exercise a single leg, you'll automatically make it harder. So you're just doing your bridge the way you did before, but you're doing it with one leg to support you. Uh, squat, take away the chair, and it allows you to form a more body, more increased body weight squat. And then you're doing the same motions and stuff, but you're just eliminating that chair thing. 
a push-up, do a standard push-up without having your knees on the ground and allowing your elbows to flare out at a 45-degree angle. Uh, walking lunge. And we're basically traveling instead of staying stationary in a lunge. They'll add stability, mobility, and balance to it. Just start with your feet together and step forward, lunging with your right leg. Stand up, then repeat with your left leg. Uh, pike push-ups, where you assume a pike position and bend at the elbows, allowing them to flare out to the sides, directing the top of your head towards the ground. Uh, Get-up squash, where you drop down into a squat position. You won't stand at all during this move. Drop your knees down to the ground one at a time so you're kneeling. Step your feet back to the ground one at a time, maintaining that squat position. Repeat as quickly as you can while maintaining good, good form. Sounds like a major pain in the ass. <laughs> Here, take a drink. All right, Superman. Lie on your stomach, arms and legs extended. Keep your neck neutral. Recruit your core and the back of your body to simultaneously raise your arms and legs up off the ground as high as they'll go. Pause for one second at the top and slowly lower back to the start position. And basically all these are just taking all your uh, symptoms and adding a little bit to them. And you got your plank with alternating leg lift where you're adding a leg lift. Where you lift one leg up, hold for five seconds, and return it to the ground. Repeat it with the other leg. There's a kneeling side plank with hip abduction. Where you assume a kneeling side plank, then lift the free leg up. Pause and lower it back down. Repeat it on both sides. There's a dead bug. Which I, love, I always like doing this one on, in DDP yoga. But you start lying on your back, legs at tabletop, and arms extended in front of you in a coordinated motion. Extend your left leg and drop your right arm above your head, taking care that your lower back stays flat to the ground. Bring your leg back to tabletop and your arms in front of you. Then repeat with the opposite arm and leg. I don't think that's the same version we do with on DDP. Then they got the advanced routine, which you can look into doing like bridge with ex with leg extended, overhead squat, uh, one-legged push-up, jumping lunges, elevated pike push-ups, get-up squat with jump, advanced bird dog, one-leg or one-arm plank, side plank with hip abduction, hollow hold to jackknife and it's basically sounds like a lot of things you're doing with one limb instead of two and just increasing the stress and strengthening the body and it's all all adaptable but I mean, a lot of us MSers aren't going to go into the advanced forms we're going to stick with the more body friendly style 
And then if you want to get some cardio exercises in, get your cardio style going. You can do things like high knees where you're just standing. Standing still and then you're just raising one leg at a time. Bringing the knees up as high as you can. And then also kind of like keep your arms bent and kind of like you're in a running motion. Swing your arms with your legs. There's butt kicks where you're standing straight. Have your hands in like praying form in front of you and then just one leg at a time, kick it up towards your butt, and then bring it back down to your tippy toe. Just keep working back and forth. There's lateral shuffles where you're basically you got your arms bent in front of you, and you're just sliding one leg at a time. One you're keeping flat while the other one's pushing you to the left side of the room, and then come back to the right side of the room by pushing with your right leg and keeping your left one straight. Uh, there's crab walk, which I hate this move. I can never get it down right. Where you're basically, you sit down and then you put your hands flat on the ground behind you and under your body and your feet flat on the ground. You lift the rest of your body up and you walk like a crab upside down on the ground and it just it hurts uh standing oblique crunch where you're basically standing straight with your arms bent hands behind your head and you just bring one leg at a time at a time up towards your elbow and bring your knee up to your to your elbow as high as you can and then back down uh speed skaters where you just move your arms with your legs in a good fluid motion. But you just step one leg behind you. Well, at behind you at like a 45 degree angle. You're, you're crossing behind your other leg. Kind of like you're speed skating. Then you bring it forward. Then you do the other leg. And you just keep going back and forth. Just like you're speed skating. Jumping jacks. We learned these in grade school. Most of us is basically arms at your side and jump out up with kicking both your feet outward to shoulder length or so. And at the same time, you're bringing your arms up in the air and then you come back down and bring your legs back together and just keep doing that. The toe taps, which you're going to want to do standing in front of a flight of stairs or if you got a floor stepper or something like that, or a block or whatever, you're just basically standing in front of it, facing the stairs or the block, and then just have your arms bent at the elbows, kind of fist up like you're in boxing posture. Then just step one leg at a time where the toes go up over the step and come back to the ground. And then do the other foot. And then just keep repeating back and forth. You got squat jumps where you bend your elbows. Put your fists together in front of your face. Then just squat your buttocks down to about seated position. And then back up. 
And when you come up, you kind of hop off the ground a little bit. Uh, standing alternate toe touches where you're just standing still with both your hands. Fingertips are kind of behind your ears. And then you just like kick your right leg out and touch your toe with your left hand. And then kick your left leg out, touch your toe with your right hand. Just keep doing that back and forth. There's lunge jumps. Where you basically do the lunge positions, arms bent in front of you, and just swing like the left arm back with your when you bring the right leg back and the left leg forward and lunge, just squat down and then do the other one. It's kind of like you're running in a non moving position. You're not running anywhere, but you're doing the running motions, but you're just doing it gradually there's box jumps which again you could do on steps or you could on a lower step or if you have a box or some type of stepper item you can just stand in front of the box or step and then bend down to a seated position and hop jump up to where you land on your block you're on your step and then step back down and do it again. There's plank jacks where you get in plank position. And then you just jump, kind of like jump your butt up a little bit and kick your feet out to the sides. And then kick, do it again and kick them back in to bring in the feet back together. And just keep doing that while you keep your arms straight and still. And then you can advance all those moves. Okay, I'm not sure where. I didn't see that it cut me off, so. Basically, you got the basis of a variety of different cardio-style versions, exercises that you could just modify yourself, make them a little bit stronger by doing separate leg movements, arm movements, take supporting your body on one less limb one less arm or whatever stuff like that they're doing to adapt them and make them a little bit harder for you now let's look at some non-perishable non-perishable foods <laughs> that you can also use for making things canning things, doing whatever, if you want longer shelf life items and stuff like that to pre prepare yourself for the future. <laughs> I got all kinds of problems going on here. <laughs> Try to, uh, move my microphone around, get things straightened out. All right, you got dried and canned beans, of course. They have long shelf lives, and beans are an excellent source of fiber, plant-based protein, magnesium, vitamin B, manganese, iron, phosphorus, zinc, copper, just all kinds of goodies from those. Nut butters are creamy, nutrient-dense, and delicious. It depends on what type of temperatures you store them in and stuff on how their shelf life is going to be affected. So watch that. You want nice dry environments that aren't too hot or cold for stuff. Uh, dried fruits and vegetables. 
or a good way to go your canned fish and poultry longer shelf life flavor wise mm, might not get that same flavor you want from the fresh stuff but hey they got a lot of good stuff out there now i i love the can chicken the flaky chicken breast style canned stuff that works out great for any type of salads or dishes and of course your tunas and all that just lots of things you can use there nuts and seeds of course are great for longer storage your grains like your oats rice barley have longer shelf lives your canned vegetables and fruits canning is going to make the shelf life longer and that way you can have those things that will not hold up unless you freeze them but i mean things like some of your lower acid canned vegetables like potatoes carrots beets and spinach last two to five years at room temperature when canned so jerky is a great way to preserve meat uh, granola and protein bars and most of your granola bars stay fresh for up to a year at room temps and then you can make store oats probably way longer and then you can make your own bars can and dried soups are an excellent choice when stocking your pantry freeze-dried meals are a great way to go uh, shelf stable milk and non-dairy milk like almond and coconut milks have have to be refrigerated just like the dairy versions but shelf stable milk and many non-dairy milks are made to keep at room temperature but basically non-perishable foods last a long time without spoiling and are necessary for numerous situations whether you want to donate them to charitable organizations prepare them for potential emergencies purchase backpacking friendly products or merely stock your pantry you can choose from an abundance of healthy foods that don't require refrigeration. And be be nice. I mean, if you can foods, make sure you know what the hell you're doing if you're going to donate them. I mean, granted, you're donating them for free or whatever, but don't give people shit. Stuff that tastes nasty because you, you're just learning how to can and do your own foods. It's like... Definitely look into what you're giving people. Don't ask your significant other if you have no taste buds and let them know whether or not the stuff is worth giving away and donating. Just because you're giving it away doesn't mean it's got to be crap. Uh, some MS exercises for better balance and coordination. You can do a stretching exercise, hip marching, where you're basically sitting on a table, or sitting on a table, sitting on a chair with your hands at your side, grasping the seat of the chair. Just lift one leg at a time up in the air as high as you can and then back to the ground. 
do it for so many reps and then switch to your other foot. You got a Pilates exercise roll-ups. Here you lay flat on your back, basically about three quarters up from your uh, yoga mat and lift your, put your arms, raise your arms above your head and grasp the end of the yoga match, match yoga mat, and then do a sit up where you're just lifting your head off the ground while you're pulling the logo. Oh my God. I can't say that word. Pulling the yoga mat up with your head until your head touches around your chin your chin touching your chest area or so just before that. And then back to the ground. Just keep lifting your head up and down, up and down. There's spasticity exercises where you can sit on the edge of a chair while seated in a chair or on the floor. Extend one leg and wrap a band or strap around the ball of that foot. Lengthen your spine by sitting up tall and gently pulling your stomach in towards your spine. Maintaining that upper body posture, slowly pull on the band or strap, pulling your foot back towards you. The movement should occur at the ankle joint, lengthening the overactive muscle in the back of the lower leg and heel. That's where those rubber band straps come in handy. Then we got a assisted butt kicks where you stand and hold on to the back of a chair with both hands for support lift your heel back behind you and try to touch your butt the movement should occur at the knee joint when you can't get any higher have a friend gently assist you with her his or her hands to lift your heel as high as possible without discomfort Lower your foot back to the ground as slowly as possible. But you do not want to over pull a muscle. Otherwise, you're going to feel it and you're going to definitely be disappointed. It'll take time away from your routine. You can do arm raises. These are all, this is another chair exercise. While sitting in a chair with your spine straight and tall against the back of the chair, move one arm out to your side. Bring that same arm all the way out and up over your head while keeping your entire arm straight. Once your arm is above your head, hold it there while taking a full deep breath in and letting that same breath out. Bring your arm back down to rest at your side. You know, I repeat this with both arms and work your way back and forth. You can do weight training exercises where you can do a standing roll. Wrap an exercise band around a pole or rod. You could also take it and you put a little knot on one side. Stick it in a doorway at whatever height you want and then close the door. That way the knot won't allow the strap to pull through the door and you can sit there and use the strap that way too. Uh, but take a few steps back from the area that's holding your strap, your pull or whatever, keeping your core tight with your knees soft. Pull the handles towards you until your shoulders are in line with your elbows. 
Squeeze your shoulder blades together, then straighten your arms back to the starting position. It's like you're rowing a boat, but you're standing up. It's a great exercise and another great way to use your rubber bands. But yeah, an exercise program may need to be adjusted or changes occur in MS symptoms. Any person with MS who is initiating a new exercise program should also consult with a physician before starting. And if you feel a muscle starting to pull, stop. Don't overwork those muscles and end up laid up and regretting it in the long run. Uh, let's see. Brown fat. What's the purpose of brown fat? You may be surprised to learn that the fat in the body is made up of different colors. Scientists have identified both white and brown fat. The brown color is also sometimes referred to as inducible brown adipose tissue, B-A-T, fat. Each kind of fat serves a different purpose. Yeah, take a drink of water here to get rid of some of the fat in my mouth. It's not a thing, people. You're not going to lose fat in your mouth if you drink water. I used to have a very dry mouth, and I got to get some lubrication going. White adipose tissue, what? is standard fat you've likely known about your whole life it stores your energy in large fat droplets that accumulate around the body the accumulation of fat helps to keep you warm by literally providing insulation for your organs in humans too much white fat can cause obesity too much white fat around the midsection may also create a higher risk of heart disease, diabetes, and other diseases. And then BAT, brown fat, stores energy in a smaller space than white fat. It's packed with iron-rich mitochondria, which is how it gets its color. When brown fat burns, it creates heat without shivering. This process is called thermogenesis. During this process, the brown fat also burns calories. Brown fat is highly regarded as a possible treatment for obesity and some metabolic syndromes. Scientists used to believe that only babies had brown fat. They also thought this fat disappeared by the time most people reached adulthood. Researchers now know that even adults have small reserves of brown fat. It's typically stored in small deposits around the shoulders and neck. <laughs> Okay. Certain drugs can cause the browning of white fat. Thiazolidionides, TZDs, a type of drug used to help manage insulin resistance, can help with brown fat accumulation. But TZD medications are prescribed to people diagnosed with diabetes and not, are not available to others. TZDs are also associated with weight gain, fluid retention, and other side effects. 
so they can't be used as a quick fix for people looking to gain more brown fat. Now, I disagree with some of those statements there because I do not have diabetes and I was prescribed that type stuff and I got sick from it. I had tons of nausea, vomiting, just terrible feeling and so glad to be done with it. But they put me on it because it's good for losing weight. So that's why they put me on it, even though I wasn't diabetic. Uh, Exposing your body to cool and even cold temperatures may help recruit more brown fat cells. Some research suggests that just two hours of exposure each day to temperatures around 66 degrees Fahrenheit may be enough to turn recruitable fat brown. You may consider taking a cold shower or ice bath, turning the thermostat down a few degrees in your home, or going outside in cold weather or other ways to cool your body and possibly create more brown fat. Now, I wonder if cryogenesis, cryofreezing, cryo chambers, whatever you want to call it, if those are qualified for it, because those are quick bursts of cold air, so I don't know if they would do anything with the brown fat or not. Uh, Other research on mice suggests that proteins called irises may help transform white fat to brown. Humans also produce this protein. Uh, People who are more sedentary produce less irisin than those who exercise more often. Basically, levels are increased when people do more intense aerobic intervals training. Exercise is highly recommended by doctors, of course. Exercise is definitely good for you. But yeah, they got some more studying to do. But basically, more research is needed before doctors can hand out a pill or other quick fix to convert white fat to brown. Before you start taking ice baths, eating more, or turning down your thermostat, start by making small changes to your diet and trying some low impact exercises for now until you can until we figure out what to do about the brown fat how to fix it uh we talked about tumefactive multiple sclerosis again the other day yesterday and Yeah, they got a little bit more stuff here, but it looks like most of the same things that we learned with the other thing. Uh, Yeah, this one's pretty much the same exact stuff that we learned before. Uh, You can get into lifestyle modifications and complementary therapies can also help you manage your MS like moderate exercise can improve fatigue, mood, bladder and bowel function, muscle strength. Uh, acupuncture is another alternative treatment. 
that may effectively relieve pain, spasticity, numbness, tingling, and depression. I do, there is a close acupuncturist that I did want to get a hold of to do some stuff since I can't get my knee needling right now at the moment. And my knee is, my right knee is just out since I started trying to get some of the weed whacking done. Uh, Tumefactive MS is a rare condition that can be very difficult to diagnose without proper treatment. It can progress and become debilitating. Treatment can help you manage the symptoms of this condition. The condition may eventually progress to relapse and remitting MS. Which I'm actually surprised with that because you think it would progress further because it seems like a more advanced version than the CNS, which usually developed into RRMS in the past, but I am not a doctor, so I can't really say either way, but because MS doesn't have a cure, flare-ups are possible from time to time. Once the disease is in remission, you may go months or years without symptoms and live an active, healthy life. Well, I don't. I would like to know what that felt like. I'm also not dealing with relapse and remitting MS. See, what's this for? This is a... Abior Nutritionals. They got a 90-day challenge to see changes in your life. They are, uh, they believe the cellular level nutrition provided by D-Biotin and the energy producing power of NAD plus help support better nerve health. And I know myotin's a thing that they've talked about. It supports nerve health over time with a combination of high dose biotin and NAD plus. <laughs> My phone won't even ring down here, so I can't see who it is. Uh They say, this person said, myotin has been a huge bonus in their life. The spasms and pain have been greatly reduced, but most impressive has been the newfound energy. Yeah, they're talking about energy boost and emotional and body boost. I don't know. I haven't tried the myotin yet or the biotin. And I'm not sure what the NAD plus stuff is, but they got a lot of different things we can try out there nowadays. Uh, this thing looked interested. I thought about trying this for a little Mexican meal. We got a low carb Mexican cauliflower rice. It's a healthy, paleo-friendly, keto-friendly, vegan side dish 
recipe that is bursting with Mexican flavors and ready in 30 minutes. Seems like a long time for a little side dish recipe. Take a half hour. But basically what you're using is three cups cauliflower florets, stems, removed and washed. Uh, One tablespoon olive oil, one onion, finely chopped, small. Three to four garlic cloves that are minced. One jalapeno, finely chopped. Two tomatoes, finely chopped. Three quarter cup bell peppers, diced. One teaspoon cumin powder. A half a teaspoon paprika powder or red chili powder. One tablespoon coriander or cilantro chopped. Salt to taste and more cilantro sliced avocados, jalapenos, lime juice, etc. for toppings if you want them. I'm going through a ton of water today. My mouth will not stop drying up. Uh, Basically add the cauliflower florets to a food processor or chopper and pulse till the cauliflower resembles, resembles small bits like rice. Make sure not to go all the way or it can turn mushy. Heat the oil in a pan and add the onions, garlics, and jalapenos. Stir fry for a few minutes till the onion is translucent and the garlic is fragrant. Add the tomatoes, cumin powder, paprika powder, salt to the pan. Cook the tomatoes for a few minutes until they soften about four to five minutes. Add the diced bell peppers and cauliflower rice to the pan and mix well. Stir fry the cauliflower for three to four minutes till it's tender. Top with your favorite topping and serve hot. I, uh, and if you don't want your food spicy, de-seed your jalapeno, but I like spiciness. But cauliflower rice is best served immediately. Stored cauliflower rice can get a bit weird and can turn very smelly. And it can be smelly when you first make it, too. It only takes about 15 minutes to whip it up anyways. Uh, Other favorite toppings you can use are sour cream, cilantro, avocados, or sometimes some fried tortilla chips. Add in more veggies or proteins of your choice, like grilled chicken, prawns, carrots, zucchini, etc. That sounds like a good little Mexican rice side dish that you can whip up if you want to try it. And then, yeah, a few minutes left. Let's see, some... Some things to help with the sex life. Foods that are great for sex life. Good Valentine style, date night style foods. You got beets. Cooked spinach. Arginine. Which is a compound the body uses to make nitric oxide. It 
arginine improves romantic and sexual function. Uh, foods that are rich in arginine and contain about, well, contain lots of stuff per ounce. But yeah, oysters, shellfish like shrimp, lobster, and crab, and turkey. And then there's tyrosine. To make dopamine, you require a couple nutrients. The most important is an amino acid called tyrosine. Foods that are rich in tyrosine include shrimp, lobster, caviar, turkey, and soy protein. Uh, some endorphin precursors like dark chocolate can be beneficial. Foods rich in zinc can help out, like oysters and dark chocolate. Uh, appetize, appetizers that are good choices are your smoked oysters with a dab of guacamole on a sliced cucumber. Most people think raw oysters, but as a physician, this person says, be cautious with raw seafoods, so they're rec recommending the smoked oysters, which I love smoked oysters. Uh, I'll get a can of them when I'm got a certain event going on, a sporting event or something, and have smoked oysters and crackers, and a few drinks, smoked salmon with a dab of guacamole on a sliced cucumber, uh, crab you can do many different ways. Caviar. For a main course, you can go with like a shrimp or lobster kebabs. You could use turkey breast or thighs cut into cubes if you don't like shellfish or if you're allergic to shellfish like my wife. Roasted beets, spinach, sautéed in virgin olive oil with Italian herbs and fresh garlic. And dessert, you can do chocolate. Do like strawberries dipped in dark chocolate or cherries dipped in dark chocolate or some other dark chocolate recipe you can come up with. Like a chocolate raspberry orange souffle. <laughs> Which you can find on the 30-day heart tune-up recipe for that. Uh, they also mentioned they got like a recipe for coconut milk curry with shrimp and spinach, which I was so bummed with the curry recipe. They got a roasted beets recipe, yeah, strawberries and dark chocolate drizzle recipe. You can find these on drmaisley.com, which is a great resource site for uh, multiple sclerosis medication, medical stuff. But I am running out of time. So I'm going to end it here. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick shit out monster. And hopefully we'll keep getting back to you. Try not to take too many more breaks in the future. And we'll get our video podcast going eventually. And we'll see you then. So be good. Send questions and comments. KevinTheDuckPool at gmail.com. And rate, review, tell a friend, subscribe, and like us. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye for now.